0: Our gospel reading today continues in the gospel according to St. Matthew. Today we're in the 21st chapter, beginning at the 23rd verse. When Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? Jesus continued. A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second son and said the same thing. And that son answered, I go, sir but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of the father? They said the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, You did not change your minds and believe in him. This is the word of the Lord. And we're going to continue in the word, church, um, today. This is the last Sunday in the month of September, which means almost nothing on the liturgical calendar. But we're taking it today here at UDLC to have a service where we think about healing and wholeness. It doesn't really matter that it's this particular Sunday. That's a theme that's kind of important to us all the time, and maybe especially this year and this season and this time. I'm sure you've all seen the same things that I've seen on Facebook and in different places, the memes and jokes and sayings about this year 2020, this strange year that we hope is coming to an end with some kind of change in sight. My current favorite of all of these is a picture of the Allstate Insurance Mayhem character who is there as Time Magazine's Man of the Year. Mm, this is a year of mayhem. I took a minute this week to look up the word mayhem. You know, we all know it has something to do with that sense of everything being out of order and of horrible things kind of coming and happening. But I realized, which I didn't know before, that mayhem actually has a legal connotation and For there to be mayhem, there has to be intent to cause all kinds of destruction and disorder. Hmm. So maybe that's not the best image. Maybe it's not mayhem. Because so much of what seems to be happening to us in this year has no place for us to point a finger of blame seems kind of arbitrary. It seems to be coming out of nowhere. Y'all know the litany, the pandemic, big, always around us, all our decisions made because of everything that this pandemic brings to us. We've seen in our prayers this morning how it just is crawling into different places and different people's lives. No one feels quite safe. We've seen social unrest, racial divisions, which have been there for decades and centuries in our country, but now have been lifted up in ways that we couldn't imagine and with anger that has just not been able to stay silent. We have seen political divisions that seem to many of us more robust in their places of division than any other time in our history. And they are getting louder as we race toward an election. We have seen hurricanes of enormous strength wiping out uh, communities and homes. There are fires of epic proportion in the Western part of our country. And all of these things that seem unique to 2020 are against a backdrop of all the usual trials and tribulations that we face, all the ways that our families have struggles, all of the ways that we face and encounter death and disease, aging and everything that comes with us, all these things go into the mix. And I think maybe what we seek is a place of strength and refuge and healing. And so on this last Sunday in the month of September, for no reason other than we need healing, we are gathered with the font, with water in front of you, here in this sacred place of God's presence. Our church is also in the midst of change, isn't it? And we seem unable to figure out where it's going. And even in the midst of all this, the place where we usually come for the mutual consolation of the saints is a place where we can't be together. And so we see each other on screens and with distance. What a time for a word of healing and wholeness. What a time for us to be gathered in the belonging that we have together in the waters of baptism. We aren't here today because of any particular need, any particular brokenness, but maybe because of all of them. Maybe because we need to hear and acknowledge the gift that we know comes from God and is always present that word of encouragement and restoration and refreshment. I looked up the word healing, too. It was a little better than looking up mayhem. Healing was defined by uh, Merriam-Webster, my dictionary of choice, as making or becoming sound or healthy again. It is about, it is in the verbal sense, to make free to make whole, to restore. Or here's my favorite definition of healing, to patch up. Anyone among you not feel like you could use a little patching up today? I know I could use a bit. I felt blessed when I thought about preaching, about healing, and about being patched up and restored and belonging to God in the waters of baptism. And ta-da! reading from Exodus. Probably as a transition pastor, this is my favorite book of scripture. There is something about this journey that is so important and so healing and brings so much to us. I want to lift up a couple phrases from our reading in Exodus today. I want you to think about the people of God in that desert who said, is the Lord among us or not? And I want you to think about Moses. Moses saying, what shall I do with these people? The people he's referring to are the Israelites who God called out of bondage, who God promised a a good finish to, who said you're going to a promised land, to a place away from all of those things in Egypt that were holding you in bondage. I really believe that in all of our places of needing healing, those two questions are kind of underneath, aren't they? In the places where we need our bodies healed, where there is disease and brokenness, in the places where our minds are disordered or have a sense of uneasiness, of anxiety, where our spirits are tired. In the physical, emotional, individual, and corporate places where we reach out to God and we say, Is the Lord among us or not? And where we say, What shall we do? What shall we do with these people who come to us needing healing? What shall we do in the midst of the mayhem? Who's to blame? Where can we go from here? Now, you all know the Exodus story. You know that Moses has already led the people through the water, through the Red Sea, that they're on the journey. You know that God has promised them a place where their bondage will be no more. We use that image in our New Testament context, to talk about the bondage to sin, to talk about the ways that we are held back in our faith and the ways that God leads us forward to a new and blessed place. God promised the people of Egypt and promises us every day redemption and freedom and new life. But it seems in the story of Exodus that maybe God omitted one really big detail. It's gonna take some time. There's gonna be some steps along the way. There are gonna be places in that journey to the newness and the restoration and the promised land where there are gonna be questions asked, where people are gonna rebel, where folks will lose hope, where they will hunger and thirst, where there will be despair and illness where they will get angry and complain and stomp their feet and go off in another direction, thinking that that gold calf is going to give them something that God can't give them or at least is going to give it to them more quickly. In today's scripture, it says that the people quarreled with God and quarreled with Moses. They weren't just complaining anymore. They were down and out having an argument. Is God here or isn't God? We are thirsty. We're in the desert and nothing is quenching us. What are you going to do, Moses? What are you going to do, God? Where's the healing coming from? And here's where the remarkable place of the story hits us. Because in that place, God speaks to Moses, and God points out some things. God speaks to Moses, and he says, bring some people with you. Don't, don't come into this alone, Moses. Don't come into the places where people need healing by yourself. This is a hard thing to do. Gather some people Some elders of the church, some other people of faith with you, and and come to the place that I'm pointing you. And he says, Bring your staff. Bring your staff. Now, Moses' staff is a pretty remarkable thing, right? It's the thing that he lifted up in the desert and that God used as a symbol, and all the serpents went away. It's what he held up and parted the waters so that the people could walk out of Egypt. It's the thing that he used for protection and as a symbol of God's spirit and God's presence and God's love and God's mercy. It was the thing he held on to, to remember God. And God says, bring that with you. You see, here's the thing when we go into all these journeys that feel so much like mayhem, when there's so much in our world and in our country and in our church and in our community and in our lives that feels unsettled and uneasy and in need of healing and refreshment and patching up, God has already given us the tools Moses brought the staff. He brought the community with him. We have the water of baptism. We have bread and wine. We belong to God and to one another. Here's the other thing that God said to Moses. When you get there, I am already there ahead of you. I'm already there. And so when Moses got to that stone and he struck it with his staff and the water poured out, God had already patched them up, but they just hadn't quite figured it all out yet. They hadn't felt that yet. They needed that sign, that symbol, that place of God's action and and God's enormous love to be seen and felt and heard. Can you imagine What it felt like in that desert, to see water gushing, didn't come in a trickle. It gushed, gushed out over them, to patch them up, to patch them up in their place of grumbling and quarreling and despair and thirst and need, to give them new life, and refreshment and restoration so they could continue the journey. I've been watching a program on Netflix the past couple of weeks. It's called Greenleaf. I don't know if any of you have seen it. It's the story of an African-American congregation in Memphis, Tennessee. It's a large independent church, and it's led by a family. The family's Patriarch is the bishop, his children preach and teach and hold the church together, his wife is the first lady, and as the story unfolds, one of the daughters who's been away for a period of time comes back and becomes the catalyst for all kinds of misery being revealed. All kinds of brokenness, all kinds of dis. Ease and anxiety and even sin. All kinds of secrets and stories. All kinds of need to be patched up. It's a remarkable story and a lot happens in it. It's five seasons, so it's a lot of episodes. I know, I watched them all. I won't tell you how long it took me. It wasn't long enough. That's all I'm saying. Every time... In this story of this family, who now have to face all the demons, all the difficulties, all the brokenness of their church, their community, their world, and themselves, every time somebody goes and picks up the Bible, in every scene where there is discord, Somebody has the word of God in their hands. Somebody preaches, somebody prays, somebody goes to the church building. Every time, even in their quarreling, even in their despair, even in their disease, even in their illness, with everything they face, they remember They remember the place, the only place, they can go to be patched up. And they never hesitate. In even the deepest place of their brokenness, they do not hesitate to go back to the word of God, to go back to the grace that they know in Jesus Christ, to go back to the water that gushes out of God's love and refreshes them and patches them up. And they continue to have struggles, and they continue to have illness, and they continue, they continue on the journey that is uncertain. But always, Always knowing that when they come to the word and to the water, God is already there to hold them, to remind them that they belong, to lift them up, to patch them up, to refresh them, to redirect them, and mostly to love them so that they can love each other. Here we are, the last Sunday in September. It's no special day in the church year, and yet it holds the specialness of every day of the church year, the specialness of the water gushing out of the love of God, already there when we call on it, already there to patch us up, to hold us, to love us, to renew us and to send us what a wonderful thing to be able to really take a moment and reflect on the healing that God gives us every moment of every day the healing of our belonging to this body of Christ and so wherever And whenever we need to be patched up, we can take a few folks along and take the tools that we already have, the word of God, the water of baptism, the bread and wine of the table, the prayers that we offer, the community in which we are members. And we can go and know God is already there to hold us, and to lift us and to love us. One of my very, very favorite prayers in our hymnal is a prayer that's uh, part of evening prayer service. It goes like this: It says, "O God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown." Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only knowing that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. 2020, mayhem is the man of the year, the person of the year. Things are in upheaval all around us. We are on paths untrodden. Oh, but church, we are not there alone. God is at the end and in the middle and along the journey. God is in the places where we gather and in the places we no longer can but will someday. God is in the places where we are broken and in the places of our healing. And when we go to God with those things that fill our heart, God is already there in Christ Jesus. So today, on an arbitrary day in September, we come together with prayers for healing, knowing we are already patched up by the God to whom we belong. Amen.